Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today. It is New Hope Radio, Dave Therrien here with you. And uh, oh, we got a good topic today. Very relevant, very informative, very instructional, and I hope you really pay attention so we can get something out of it today. We are coming your way on the radio and on YouTube. And of course, later on, you can catch our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and our website, newhopecc.tv. Now, we know that there are many behaviors in life that are taught. A lot of things kids kids do. They grow up and they uh, do what they were taught by their parents. They learn by imitations. Would you say? They learn by imitation. Uh, I would say that. They learn to smoke by imitating their parents. They learn to argue by imitating their parents. There's a lot of things that we learn that we're taught. Taught how to tie our shoes. Taught how to feed ourselves. Now, there are some things we learn that are not taught. Like the baby. Baby throws his bottle. Baby has a temper tantrum when he's upset. He's not taught that. He just does it. That's the sin nature. Okay? But now, listen closely. I believe there is one behavior that is and must be taught the right way. And you know what that is? The behavior of respect for your fellow man. And that can only be taught. And it needs to be taught. So before I read chapter 12 to prepare us in our series, Roman Gems, every day we go through a chapter, we highlight some aspects of a chapter in the book of Romans, digging out these gems for our own personal life, okay, digging them out. I always ask God to help me pick out the passages that would be more relevant to us, and I believe he pointed me to the topic of brotherly love, which I consider to be the antidote to racism. Today we're going to look at God's Word and how it addresses the answer to racism. That's the topic of the day, isn't it? Seems like lately, that's all you hear. Now, there are two things about racism, which generally speaking is judging people by the color of their skin. That's basically racism, basic understanding. You look at someone and you racially profile them. Two things about that. Number one, it's a real issue. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. It's real. And number two, it can be unlearned. Oh yes, it can. I believe it's a learned thing. You know, children don't have a problem with that. Kids, they get along. They don't care about race. They don't care about religion. They don't care about structure, culture, social status. They they just, they get along. No wonder Jesus said, hey, why don't you try becoming like children? (laughs) Yeah. But it seems like it's it's one of those evils that are taught in society. And that's why we have the Bible. That's why. Because you know what it does? It teaches and it reteaches and it reteaches again things that we need to learn. We need to learn, relearn, and you know what else we need to unlearn? Some things. Some things we learned the wrong way. 
We need to unlearn those things and relearn the right things. Maybe that's another reason why Jesus said you must be born again. Why? Because when you're born the first time, you got to learn how to live. And when you're born the second time, you got to learn how to live all over again. Now we have to learn God's way. Okay? So this brings us to Romans chapter 12, verse 15. And you know what it does? It teaches us to identify with one another. Remember, even back in the first century, there was a racial problem between the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews didn't like the Gentiles. They considered them dogs. <laughs> and that's why when, when Jesus brought the gospel and Paul brought the gospel, he said, no, it's for the whole world. It's not just for you guys. It's not just for some. It's for all. That's what makes it good news. So that was something people had to wrestle with at first. So we get to Romans 12, 15, and we learn how to identify with other people. We learn how to share in their feelings, in their emotions. Here's what it said in verse 15 of Romans 12. Very simple, right to the point. Tell me if you can do this. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, what does that mean? Be happy for those who are happy and sorrow with those who sorrow. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But I think some people, they might struggle with that. Somebody's happy, they got a promotion. And the co-worker's like, I should have got that promotion, not them. I'm not happy. Girl gets married. Her girlfriend, I never get married. No one wants to marry me. And people have a hard time sometimes rejoicing with those that rejoice. One man said, there are few bonds like that of a common sorrow. It's like we can sorrow with people a lot easier than we can rejoice with them. Did you ever notice that? We can weep with those who weep, but we have a hard time rejoicing with those who rejoice. It takes a noble soul to rejoice with someone and a soft heart to weep with them. And this only happens with the dying of the flesh. You think the flesh has a lot to do with racism? I'm like, yeah, I would say so. Because what is the flesh? It's our sinful human nature. It's very selfish. It's very egotistical. It's very narrow-minded. I'm going to tell you something. It's not your friend. No. That's why Paul said, you got to crucify the flesh. you got to die daily to yourself. Let the life of Christ come alive inside of you. So he said in verse 16 of Romans 12, be of the same mind toward, oh, one another. Hmm. Do not be proud, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. You know, don't elevate yourself above others. Is somebody really better than somebody else? Is somebody really higher than somebody else, you think? Is somebody, you know, more closer to perfection than somebody else? I'm like, "Mm, probably not. I wouldn't think so. It's our self-pride that really fans the flame 
of racism. And you know what's so beautiful about the church? That's the place <laughs> where there are no distinctions between people. You know, when, once you walk into the body of Christ, there's no distinctions. You know what doesn't matter? Race doesn't matter. Culture doesn't matter. Social class doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Christ has made us all one in him. That's Maybe the church is the only, you know, in the world, there's, there's private clubs, right? You have to make this amount of money if you want to join or you can't come in. You have to have this color skin or you can't come in. And there are black clubs and white clubs. And there are social clubs that leave out the middle class or the poor class. But when you come to the church, the doors are open for anybody and everybody. And you know, James, he gave an example of a rich man and a poor man in church. And he said, don't give the, don't, don't give the good man. I mean, don't give the rich man the good seat and the, and the poor man the bad seat. Don't show partiality. We did a message in this series recently. God is not partial. God doesn't have favorites. He doesn't treat people differently because he likes some and doesn't like others. And we ought to follow suit in the church. Everybody's treated the same. James said in James 2.9, If you show partiality, uh-oh, you're committing sin. And are convicted by the law as transgressors. Partiality is what? To favor an individual. Treat them better than you would someone else. So here's what we do, folks. We take what we learn in church and we bring it out into the world. That's what we do. This is the Christian life. We take what we learn in church and we bring it out into the world. This is why Christians are more loving. On paper, we should be more loving. In your personal experience, I mean, only you know that. I don't know. But the church should be more welcoming, more accepting, more forgiving. The church is a place where God makes us one, and we can enjoy who we are as individuals. Yeah, we can do that. Only God, you know, only God can bring people together. You know that? No one can, like the Lord himself. So in verse 17, Paul goes on, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. See, what happens with racism, it starts off small and then it grows and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Why? Because people are paying back evil for evil. And we know in our day and age, you know what? The, the, the flames are being stoked. The flames are being stoked by the media. And I don't get into politics and current events much here on this program. I want to talk about Jesus because he's the answer to everything. But we need to open up our eyes to, to the world that we're living in. And we need to say, hey, wait a minute. These guys are fanning the flames. That's what they're doing. That there is a move by the kingdom of darkness to separate people. It's always been. And it seems to be intensifying as the end times draw nearer and nearer. I, I said before, I like to read William Barclay, and he makes this comment. We are to make our conduct fair for all to see. 
It must not only be good, it must also look good. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean put on a show, but it means what Jesus said in Matthew 5.16. Let your light shine in such a way that people see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, our goodness should should show. We're, we're not secretly good. We're overtly good. And that good is demonstrated by love, acceptance, friendship, and where we started, rejoicing with those that rejoice and weeping with those that weep, learning to come alongside. If there's one thing people need today, especially those that are hurting, it's understanding. That's what they need. Sometimes they just need that human touch. And when I say human, I mean the human with the life of God inside of them. So verse 18 of Romans 12 speaks of our own personal responsibility. And Paul said, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace, here it comes, with all men. So he's giving us a personal responsibility. We have an individual responsibility. As far as we can, be at peace with all people. Can you do, can you strive for peace? I'll tell you what's easy to do. It's easy to render evil for evil. You know what's difficult to do? Strive for peace. It is. I mean, that's it. That's not hard. Did I say that's easy? It's hard. It's difficult. It's difficult to be the peacemaker. Oh, but what did Jesus say? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be children of God. And what does that mean? It means that, oh, when you're a peacemaker, you look like your father, your father in heaven. You're a chip off the old block. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Nope, that's what that means. You're just like God. God is a peacemaker. He made peace with mankind through Jesus Christ. So we make peace with people. Instead of being used by Satan to divide, we're used by God to bring together. Don't let someone else influence your behavior. Let your influence come from your heart. And God is in your heart. Remember Jesus on the cross? He was suffering. Oh, he was suffering physically. He was also suffering emotionally. Most of his disciples fled, all but John. He's suffering in front of his mom. His mom was hurting, and he didn't like it. The Romans, the strangers, the passers-by, the religious crowd, his own people, were mocking him, challenging him. Oh, if you're God, come on down. No one in their right mind would stay up there. And how did Jesus respond? Now, if that was me, (laughs) I didn't even want to say what I would do. But you know what Jesus said? Father, forgive them. Jesus prayed. He prayed. He was in a really bad situation, and he prayed to his Father. And he prayed for them. He prayed on behalf of them. Incredible. So we have a choice to make. There are circumstances in life that we can either react or restrain. And we all have the choice. 
Will I react or will I restrain myself? Which one will I do? Remember, when you render evil for evil, you're escalating the situation. You're throwing gas on the fire. And when you throw gas on the fire, you know what? Everybody gets burned. Everybody. So Paul said in verse 19, he's building on this. Never take your own revenge, beloved. Ah, beloved, that's the Christian. Never take your own revenge, beloved. But leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So, you know, we have our role, God has his role. Our role is to strive to be at peace with people. God's role is to bring justice. And he will, in his way and in his time. But retaliation, that's not our role. No, not at all. Peace is our role. And think, you know, I try to, I, I try to go out of my way for the stranger. Black, white, yellow, green, brown, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But I, the point is, I try to treat every stranger with respect. You know, holding doors open for them, saying hello, being kind. And you know what? If all of God's people could work toward oneness and unity with the strangers, I think we're, we'd be chipping away at the division that we have between people. We need to chip away. It's not going to happen overnight. But you know what? If the church doesn't do it, let me ask you, who will? Who's going to do it? There's no one left. There's no one left to bring people together except the church itself. And I, you know, and, and sadly, sometimes even churches are divided by race. That's wrong. Oh, that's sinful. That's very sinful. That's totally antagonistic to God. Totally. But I don't know how often that is. It might be the minority. I would hope it is, if it is at all. But we as the church, we have a phenomenal responsibility. Our job is to chip away at racism, bring people together, mutual respect, rejoice with those that rejoice, weep with those that weep. So let's remember, number one, vengeance is God's work, not ours. That's not our place. Would you go to a dishwasher if you needed back surgery? Nothing against dishwashing. I did it myself years ago. But I wouldn't go... I wouldn't want someone to come to me for back surgery if I was a dishwasher. No, I, 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 I could wash your back, but I couldn't heal it. No, no. See, th- something else. Kindness, get this, moves a person more than vengeance. Kindness. That's why Jesus was a friend of sinners. You know what he did? He brought them kindness. Oh, they were judged by everybody. They knew that. They knew they were low lowlifes. They knew they were outcasts. And what did Jesus bring? Kindness. And you know what the kindness did? Oh, it turned their lives around. It changed them. Kindness can change a person. You know, a lot of you folks, God bless you, you you go out and find rescue animals. You find rescue dogs and rescue cats. And a lot of these animals, they're kind of, they're scared. They're ornery. They don't trust humans. And they can be a little bit vicious. And you go and get a rescue dog and you bring it home. And you treat it kind. And you give it love and care. And you know what happens? That whole dog's demeanor, it change, changes. It becomes an incredible pet. 
Why? Because of your kindness. Animals respond to kindness. People respond to kindness. We're saved because we respond to the kindness of God through Christ. So Paul said in verse 20, I'm going to raise it up a level. If your enemy is hungry, call Uber Eats. (laughs) Feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. Wow. Yeah, but Paul is my enemy. Feed him. Give him a drink. Why do I have to do that? For in so doing, you will heap burning coals of fire on his head. Now, what does that mean? It means that he'll be convicted. That he'll actually enter into conviction rather than conflict. Kindness changes people. And if we stoop to vengeance and fighting back, you know what it does? It means we're conquered by evil. Evil won. Paul said, do not be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good. So you don't want to be defeated by the kingdom of darkness and by evil. Booker T. Washington said, I will not allow any man to make me lower myself by hating him. Think about that. If he was to enter into hatred towards someone, he would be lowering himself. And he's he's not going to let someone do that. No. So the only real way to destroy an enemy is to make him a friend. Think about that. Reach out and be a friend. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil means something injurious, even depraved. So when we think of racism, or another way to say it, when people don't get along, we need to consider the divinely inspired Word of God. Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Sorrow with the sorrowful. That means get into their heart. Paul said in Galatians 6, 2, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Love. He said, be of the same mind. So, have the same goal. What is it? Reconciliation. He said, don't return evil, but do what is right. Don't take notice of every little injury you may sustain. Have a thicker skin. You know what's going on today? People have thin skin. They need to thicken up a little bit. He said, work for peace. The man or the woman who loves God must strive to love their neighbor as themselves. Right? You want to love God? you got to love people. Even John said that. John said, don't think you can love God who you can't see if you can't love people who you can. you got to get them both. Division solves nothing. Putting up walls solves nothing. It's in the coming together that solutions can be found. So for the Christian, the end result should always be, here it comes, to bring glory to God. That's our end result. Why do we do what we do? To bring glory to God. Why am I doing what this, what is said here? To bring glory to God. And I think of the one another's of the Bible real quick. I'm going to give them to you. Romans 12.10, be devoted to one another. Romans 12.10, prefer one another in honor. Romans 13.8, love one another. 
Romans 14.13, do not judge one another. Romans 14.19, build up one another. Romans 15.7, accept one another. Romans 16.16, greet one another. You see, greet, accept, build up, don't judge, love, be devoted. Those are all positive qualities. Those are positive things that we can do that will bring people together. And if there were more biblically motivated people in the world, isn't it interesting? The very book that teaches us how to come together is attacked by people who are dividing us. Ain't that a kicker? The book that teaches us how to come together is attacked by the people that are dividing us. Well, that makes sense, I guess. But if there were more biblically motivated people in the world, there would be less conflicts regarding race or culture or language or customs or any other things. There'd be less conflict. There'd be less division. So think about it. The answer to racism is in the church. That's where it's found. In the church. And the church needs to ramp it up. You do, I do. We all do as God's people. And we need to love. We need to not judge. We need to accept. We need to prefer others above ourselves. And we're chipping away at this malady that's in our society. We're going to come back tomorrow, kind of build on this a little bit. We still have one debt that we owe. You know that? Jesus paid it all, right? He died for all of our sins. But we still have one debt that we owe. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So I hope you join me for New Hope Hope Radio as we take another leap into Christlikeness. Have you joined the Hope Club yet? Come on now. Get a daily a daily devotional every day, Monday through Friday. Help you start the day off right. Go to newhopecc.tv, click the giving button. Scroll down, click e-giving. Choose the fun radio. Fill in the amount, three bucks. Come on, $3 a week. Every Friday, boom. You can do recurring gift, $3 a week. Fill out the info, hit submit. You'll help us stay on the radio. We'll help you grow in Christlikeness all work together okay if these things help you help us help us to stay on the radio so we can bring the word of god to all those who want it